Cette air qui m'obsède jour et nuit Pourtant n'est pas née d'aujourd'hui Elle vient d'aussi loin que je viens Traînée par cent mille musiciens Un jour cette air m'a rendue folle Cent fois j'ai voulu dire pourquoi Today in the podcast, I have a very exciting lady. Um, her name is Gweno Dyfed, and she comes from Wales, and she has done so much in her life. She's setting up currently a record label. She has a master's degree in women's studies. She is really the major, I suppose, promoter of St. David's Day. She's the lady that co-wrote the anthem for St. David's Day in Wales. She's been a successful singer. Welcome to the podcast. What a CV. Well, thank you, Sylvia. And did you know that Pat, St. Patrick was a Welshman? Did you know that? I didn't know that. Oh, come on. St. Patrick is Welsh? Yes. Oh, my goodness. My history so bad. Really? Sylvia. Yes, he was. Oh, I have a lot to learn, haven't I? <laughs> I have a lot to learn. So you have a master's degree in women's studies. I think we'll start there because this is really giving you the foundation for what you're doing now, which is a lot of coaching and we'll move on to the music in a moment but tell us why did you decide to do women's studies what inspired you to go down that route well i've always been a feminist in ever since i was um about 11 i think and when i realized that i didn't actually want to be indoors most of the time i just wanted to be out running and riding horses and climbing and stuff like that and then when i was 18 um uh, no actually 21 i went to brussels and i was an au pair there and I went to a place called Maison Blanche, um, White House, and then I found out about female genital mutilation and books with Janet and John, where Janet was uh, with her hands behind her back, looking at John, who was fiddling about with the mechanics. And I realized, oh, I'm a feminist, that's what I am. So I've actually been a feminist for as long as I can remember, and uh, have always fought for women's rights. So. When I was in my mid-30s, up until then, I had had a very good career as a performer, as an actor. I used to direct theatre and education. And, um, but when I got to my mid-30s, I found that the roles for women had nearly disappeared, really. So I decided I needed to do something else. My daughter had just been born. So, of course, I couldn't work away. Uh, because my husband was working away and he was earning good money and if I wanted to work away it would mean I would be away from my child and we couldn't do that both both of us so I went and did a master's degree then and because of my passion about women's uh, women's rights um, I decided to do a master's degree in sociology focused on women's rights and so that's where it all began, really. But I've always had a passion and I always, you know, read as much as I could about uh, feminism, etc. Um, so it's something that's really deep within me because I think yeah, I can see that we're 51 percent of the population. However, you know, we do not have 51 percent of the, 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 the world's wealth. We are not in 51 percent of uh, the powerful positions. You know, our journeys really has begun. We're nowhere near there yet. So my passion at the moment with my work is really engaging with women who are sort of um, senior management and can see their way through to the broad level, through the glass ceiling, which is an invisible set of structures. But they have no idea how to get there. And uh, so what I do is I help them with those issues. I help them with assertiveness, with their confidence, with their public speaking with delegation all of those things don't come particularly 
um, naturally to women. We also uh, tend to suffer with imposter syndrome. So I do a lot of work on that as well. So, and I love working with women. I work with men as well, but I love working with empowering women. Well, I mean, I think they're they're offering a lot in society at the moment. They really are much needed, very much needed. Well, I think Balance. it's really, really, I really, I, I, um, I think if you look back at the last two years, which have been particularly awful for the, the world in its entirety, and I think that you'll find that the ones that have been most level-headed and the ones that have had good progress with COVID have been female leaders because they have a different way of leading the world um if you look like uh, i'm a big fan of nicola sturgeon for example jacinda arden their approach is different because women generally are not risk takers men are risk takers and that has an impact on everything that we do in society but i think in a co in the covid crisis it's been key that women deal with it differently well yes i've often heard the discussions around this whole idea of compassion and empathy being edited out of society under male dominance, if you will. And I mean, women have the power to bring that back and it's needed, it's so needed. Um, because it's, there's so mo- you know, there's so many challenges now, you know, challenges that none of us expected would come around this time in society, in this century. I think, I, th- I think that we, we are entering a phase of, you know, it's a new world order. And when, you know, when I was growing up, okay, when I, when I was living in Belgium and I was going on protest marches, there would be anti-nuclear marches. And we did live in fear, my generation, of, you know, the nuclear, uh, the nuclear war could happen like that. It could happen like that. And we would have four minutes to find shelter, if that. You know, so we always had that fear hanging over us. We always had issues, you know, my mother's um, parents' generation would, the fear for them was war, actual physical war. Whereas our enemy nowadays is invisible. You know, we can't even, even those we love dearly. Now you have a book written and what is the book about? And what inspired you to write it? I am passionate about loads of things. Uh, I'm passionate about comedy and I always used to do a lot of comic roles when I was in school and when I went to college um, we were something like 23 women two men who were very serious and I was the only person who really wanted to have the comic roles as because um, I love making people laugh I love making people laugh an awful lot and so the book is called stand up and sock it to them sister funny feisty females you can get a copy uh, I can Post it off to you uh, if you live in Britain. It costs wads of money to send to Ireland, so I'm not going to suggest. But I can, you know, I, I'm sure I could come up with some solution there. Um, but uh, what it is, it's a deconstruction of that glass ceiling that I spoke about. And the glass ceiling is the glass ceiling in whenever, whichever organisation or uh, environment that you work in, whether that be politics, education, music, orchestras, Uh, broadcasting or um, you know conducting choirs whatever Uh, there is a glass ceiling there are far more men doing those things fewer women and it's basically it it was um, a a journey to find out what the barriers were and I interviewed 94 people throughout the world 65 of them were female stand-up comics and I found out what the reasons were and to find out you have to buy the book 
uh, but it's really full of chock-a-block full of fascinating role models from around the world. You know, there's a woman there, Lydia Nicole, for example, her mother was a prostitute, her father was a pimp. She grew up in the Bronx in New York. And you know how these people have overcome these issues to make a success of their lives. Um, so, and I do stand up myself. I'm not, not particularly good at it, but I do it for a laugh. And um, so that's what it came about. It came as part of my master's degree that we talked about earlier. I had to do um, a thesis about uh, women working in a non-traditional environment. And because of my passion for comedy, I chose comedy. And why, why were there so few women doing stand-up comedy? So I found out. Um, so you're going to have to buy the book to find out. <laughs> Maybe you will be able to produce a downloadable book. Would that be possible, I wonder? Yeah, I'm sure. I've, I've got the original manuscript because at the moment I'm looking for, um, for the next publisher because what I want to do next time is I want to update it with what we've been going through because uh, the way I got through uh, COVID myself was to take part in online comedy courses. And I was able to access an absolutely tip top um, comedy uh, coach who is called Rob Hitchmuff and um, I call him the boss. So, and also people have been performing on uh, uh, YouTube and also on uh, uh, on Zoom. So there's those issues that I want to include in it, but also um, the with with all due respect to the company that, that produced it, they were just too small to reach to the wider audience that I want to um, approach uh, because I think it's got in, something in it for every single woman in life. Because as we said, we're 51% of the population and we're affected. Every single one of us is affected by the glass ceiling. Sounds so inspirational. It sounds very inspirational. Well, I've got people like Joan Rivers, uh, Joe Brand. I've got Amy Schumer in it. I've got really amazing people there, you know, and I've got a couple of Irish women as well, you know. So I've tried to put as many voices in there as possible. Excellent. The youngest, the oldest, the tallest, the shortest, uh, the first one in India. You know, I've got lots of pioneers there. So it's a really good read, I think. Okay, it sounds fascinating. That. Sounds <laughs> fascinating. Now, you've been a singer all your life and you're in the process now of creating a record label called Cocktail. Cocktail. A cocktail, sorry, cocktail. Oh, my well, it's, it's like cocktail in English. It's just that we spell it slightly different in Welsh. Yeah. So, so can, you, cocktail. can you tell us firstly about yeah. how did you become a singer and about your West End success? Yes. Gosh, when you say that, I just think, oh, who are we talking about? And I think, oh, that's me. <laughs> oh, yes, me. Um, anyway, I started singing when I was about four. So I've been singing for 61 years now. So wow, I think of a long time. Yeah. Yeah. And I've uh, so basically I've done I've been singing solo. I've sung in choirs, I've sung in bands. I've sung uh, in all sorts. And you've of done a lot of competitions over. through your childhood into your teens as well, didn't you? That's right. We have something called an Eisteddfod, which is a cultural festival, which is a little bit like the Rose of Tralee, really, except we're not judged on our beauty, otherwise I'd have got nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not true. I'm absolutely stunning, stunning. for me. Yeah. Stunning. Check out our website stunning. over at gwenodiafad.co.uk. I'll have it linked in the description. 
brilliant. So basically, yeah, so we have competitions throughout um, and all, all schools in Wales do an Eisteddfod for, um, you know, every year so on March the 1st. And, uh, you know, so it's it, the idea is that you compete and kids really, it's a real school for confidence. You know, if you can get up on, on a stage and sing in front of a, a hall full of kids, you know, that's going to stand you instead for all of your life. Oh, and for sure. Like Bryn Terwell. Yeah. Bryn Terwell, probably the most uh, well-known uh, singer in from Wales, you know, apart from Tom Jones and Shirley Bassey. I don't know what, whether they took part in Estevros, but Bryn Terwell grew up in that tradition. So it gives us a huge amount of experience, you know. So anyway, going back to cocktail. So the name came about because cocktail is going to be a um, what we do. It's, it's a... You know, I say it's a label, but basically it's just a name where we funnel through things onto a platform where then they're sold. Uh, and so the platform is called Peace, and then they put them on Apple and they put it on iTunes and all sorts of places. And the first two songs we're going to be launching is going to be on the tw uh, Monday, is it the Monday the 13th? Uh, it's in a week's time anyway. And... Uh, um, and the two songs are going to be called Behind uh, a Tiny Window, Behind a Tiny Window in, in English, and the Welsh one is called Seoli Fenis Vachan. And what that means is that the way that we communicate is through these tiny windows, the way I'm communicating with you. Windows is also the name of my computer. And in the past, we would have been looking through the windows into our loved ones' um, front rooms before we came and knocked on the door. So nowadays, we can't be looking through those tiny windows uh, into their living rooms, but we can look through the tiny windows on our computers, and that's how we communicate with uh, the loved ones that we have. So it's in English and in Welsh, and it's been sung by a, a fantastic young singer called Jodie Bird. Now, that young lady's going places. And um, she was, uh, she did extremely well, uh, got to the semi-final of Britain's Got Talent. And she uh, also won the International Musical Theatre Singer of the Year in the Eisteddfod, International Eisteddfod um, at Llangollen. So she's got tremendous potential and we're very lucky she sings the songs that we write. I write with someone called Catherine Cole. So I write the words, Kath writes the music, and then we sort of, uh, we go into the studio, we record them, and then we try and put them out. Too shall pass and fade 
with time The sun again will rise and shine And we'll all heal the cold Then we'll all be back together cocktail is going to be an amalgam of the things that she does separately to me and the things that I do separately to her but also the things that we do together. Uh, she's written two musicals, well she's written one, it was performed in the Western Studio in the Millennium Centre which is the biggest uh, cultural centre we have in Wales and so she's going to be selling her I Merlin tracks there and also she's working on a new um, new musical now which is called Rhiannon and it's quite possible I'll be directing that in March I hope so Great. I may have written a few songs between now and then but a few lyrics for her and then what I'll be selling from my end will be um, the songs we've written together I'll be selling my uh, the songs I sing in the show uh, the French song uh, French songs that have been sung by Edith Piaf um, and the show's called Passionate About Piaf, if you want to find out about that and come and book us, let's do a tour in Ireland. Yeah, yes. that would be wonderful, wouldn't it? That would be wonderful. Yeah, well, tell us yes. about the West End. You did a one-woman show and it went down a bomb. So tell us about that show. It did. It did. So just to give you the background, I've been singing French songs um, since I came back from Belgium in 1983. And which is quite ironic, really, when because when I was in Belgium, I was um, busking there and singing in restaurants and I used to sing in French, Dutch, English, Welsh there. But then I come back to Wales and people want me to sing in French. So I started singing Edith Piaf songs and um, uh, and I've sung her songs for many, many, many years and then put together a, a one woman show and I've sung it occasionally here than everywhere. Three years ago, I was rushed into hospital and nearly died because I had um, blood clots on the lungs. Oh my goodness. And on top of that, I also broke four ribs. So it was a tough time. Wow. And I spent a lot of time in bed on morphine. And I also thought, right, okay, well, what if I hadn't come through this? What if I only had a year to live? What do I want to do in that time? And I thought, I want to sing in the West End. And I want to take my one woman show up there. So I uh, cracked on with it and did it. And uh, a friend of mine who was called, called Lynn, uh, Lynn Ruth Miller, who was, who was until very recently the oldest female stand-up comic in the world. And she very sadly died about some, uh, two months ago. And she was really very caring and kind to me. And I missed her dreadfully. But she said to me, uh, I said, oh, where do I, where can I get a gig in London? She said, you gotta go to Zeddles. And I, okay, that's how she talked. Yeah. Um, so I went to Zeddles and I took, I prepared everything very comprehensively. And, but basically I got up there and I'd sent loads of tracks to them. And I thought I would have to perform there for them to, to say, yeah, we're going to book you. But as soon as I got there, they said, oh, well, here's the dates. When are you going to do it? Because obviously they'd been sold by what I'd sent to them beforehand. Yeah. So really, preparation is key. There is a nugget. Preparation, preparation is key. key. I've said it all my life. Preparation, preparation. is key. Yeah. Completely. Preparation is key. Yeah. Because basically I didn't have to I didn't have to sell anything really because I'd sold myself by the time I got there. 
so anyway, um, so it was, uh, I had my accompanist who's called Lee Walton and we did the show and it's in a place called Zedel's Brasserie, which is off Piccadilly. And it is uh, essentially uh, a beautiful little theater, just the right size for my show. And it was, it, all tickets are sold. I think it's got a capacity of about 85. So um, my show does well in environments of between 80 and, and uh, 200. Uh, it's it's not a big stadium show. It's a small uh, you know smaller venue type of place. So we did um, we did that show. It went extremely well. And then I was taken on by a production company, which is called Multi Show Productions. Okay. We did uh, a wonderful DVD, uh, um, and I did several gigs after the West End. And uh, then we I did. Uh, I did a concert with multi. I did two concerts with multi show productions. One of which I had COVID in. Oh my goodness! I just come back. I know. I just come back from uh, India, where I'd been off for a little jolly height, and came back and was incredibly unwell for three weeks. And it was sort of um, at the end of February, so nobody knew much about COVID here. But I can assure you that I was very poorly. And I had everything that everybody talks about with COVID. I've just got over COVID again oh. recently. Oh, my God. I've had it twice now. Twice. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Twice. But I, th I think the reason that I, you know, I could have gone, I could have had it really, really, I, I could have died from it because I've got this tendency to clot on my lungs. But because I've been vaccinated, I, I you know, I was ill, but I, I got through it. Okay. So I'm not dead. So that's good. It's all good. It's you're all you're good. here to stay, Gwen. You're here to stay. I am. I hope. I hope I am. Anyway, let me finish. So, uh, so we, so we had with multi show productions. We had some really nice gigs lined up. One in Swansea. We were had another gig in the Cotswolds, and uh, we were aiming to go and get some, try and get some gigs in Glastonbury, and uh, we were going to try and get some gigs up in uh, the Edinburgh Fringe Festival. All of it was doable. And then COVID struck. And since then, we've done nothing. Although to say that, I have done one online gig, which was in April this year. And how did you but, how did you find the online gig? Because, you know, artists are having to think about moving into those areas of performance, which is a bit kind of strange. How did you find the whole experience of online gigs? Well, I don't think I was phased by it because to be perfectly honest, you know, I... I used to sing and I it used to be wallpaper music. I'd go and sing in, in restaurants in Belgium. So basically, I don't need the accolade. It's nice to have it, but there'd be people who'd be ignoring me. So, you know, it's no different. We all need an, an audience to react to. There was no audience to react to. So I just I just used the camera as an audience and it was fine. It's good. Yeah. You know, and I got I've got I've got them. Uh, the copyright of that concert and I might just sell that online really because last year was devastating from a point of view of earning I, I've just been living on my savings well I'm hearing stories I'm now. hearing stories of it all over the place that um, even given our own country just this last seven day period um, the lockdowns are coming again and artists are being hit again just after getting up yeah. during the summer and getting prepared and moving forward now they're hit again so it's it's not over yet it's not over yet. So, Gweno, what can people find online? So you have your website here, gwenodiafa.co.uk. I'll spell it. It's G-W-E-N-N-O-D-A-F 
yedd.co.uk. What can they find there and what other places can you be found online? Right, there you'll see the sort of work that I do. I do coaching and training and I've developed a methodology where I can coach anybody in public speaking anywhere in the world. And I've been working with people in Los Angeles and uh, Turkey and all sorts of places. So if, if you want public speaking coaching, then I can do it anywhere, anytime, any place. I'm the real Martini girl. Um, if you want to go and see the sort of work that I actually do, then I have a link tree and that's very, very helpful. And I would recommend anybody to set up uh, a link tree for themselves. It doesn't cost anything. And so that's HTTPS uh, dot dot forward slash uh, two fold slashes l-i-n-k-t-r dot double e forward slash gweno david that's it okay but if you if you can remember gweno david uh then there's tons of stuff out there you know and if if you want to contact me professionally and you want to have a conversation get through um go to linkedin there's tons on linkedin i'm on facebook I'll have it all linked in, in the podcast description for people just to boom, click on. But um, it's a wonderful story and it's just a pity COVID has hit your performance, really. But sure, there's many like you, unfortunately. But um, have you available spaces at the moment for the trainings that you're currently doing with confidence, self-esteem, leadership and so on? I do. I do. So, I mean, what I'd suggest to people is just come and have a chat. I don't bite. Not unless I haven't had anything to eat. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm hungry. Yeah. No, I don't bite at all. You know, have a chat. Tell me what you need. I do. Uh, I coach people for weddings. Um, you know, I got one uh, woman in Los Angeles who came to me for coaching for her sister's wedding where she was doing a best woman speech. And uh, she was so delighted. She came back for her other sister's wedding. Unfortunately, she's run out of sisters, so I can't work anymore with her. <laughs> She'll have to find some adopted ones. But um, yeah. that's wonderful. So, I mean, these are the, the skills even for younger people moving into the workforce to be able to present at business meetings and to do it well. These are they're key skills to, for anyone to pick up on, really. Because the day of having now to present your project, present what you're doing and all of that is becoming more and more common across the board. So are you open to younger people taking part of your service? Absolutely. Why not? You know, the youngest I've worked with is a 15 year old who was he was an uncommunicative te teenager. And uh, I worked with him in, in Luxembourg. He was in school in Edinburgh. But he used to come home to his um, parents uh, every three weeks and we worked i created a project for him which is about communication skills and we did a lot of uh, um, role play and because I, i've worked as a performer all my life i love doing role play so i can become you know like um i can become a really nasty um, potential employer i do lots of role play for uh, interview techniques um I have been a governor and uh, in a school, so I've actually given uh, interviews to people for potential roles. So I'm very, very, very um, uh, skilled at all sorts of issues. To and do with that. are you planning any online musical events over the next couple of months? I can't see that I will be, to be honest, apart from selling the, um, the tracks that I've got because I'm just too busy with too many other things, you know? 
Um, I'm, I just, re to a certain degree, it's a bit of um, firefighting. I, you know, whatever turns up, like today, you asked me what I was doing. Well, today, I had to sort out the PRS, MCPS for my tracks. You know, like tomorrow, I'll be doing, uh, I'm doing a, co a course tonight, which I need to prepare, uh, when I'm going to be, um, it's, I'm going to be um, a well, well-being coach on film sets. Mm -hmm. So that's what I'm dealing with. You, do you know what I mean? Yes, so, so it varies every day. whatever happens. Yes. Yeah, and I've got, tomorrow, I've got somebody who has to do a presentation in front of 600 people. I started working with him last week, and uh, he was absolutely scared, and I won't use that unpleasant word, less, but he was. But, and he started off last week, and I said, tell me now then, where do you feel, uh, you know, about this presentation next week? And he said, three and a half out of 10. And at the end, and I said, how do you feel now? And he said, six and a half out of 10. So that's just in an hour. Yes. You know the, oh, mean? my goodness. If you worked with him for a month, he'd be really there. I can see. Yeah, it. he would. So um, I, you know, um, I can transform people very quickly. Mm -hmm. Miracle takes, miracles take a little bit longer. Um <laughs> Yes, but I do the best. Yeah, fantastic. Well, listen, it's been great to have you on to learn of your story and keep us informed of anything you're doing musically. And we'll put it out there across the social media channels to encourage people to visit wherever you'll be remotely. So that'd Thank be wonderful. You, yeah, great to meet you. Tim. I always love talking to my Celtic cousins. Oh, I know we're st we're very strong cousins, us Irish and Welsh people. I know. Very strong. I know. And I, I grew up in Fishguard. So, you know, there was a lot of you coming and uh, going. Irish in Fishguard. No, you just got to Fishguard. Loved it. Didn't go anywhere. <laughs> was that it? Just you stopped and that was it. Uh, why go anywhere else? They're friendly in Fishguard. They're staying Yeah, beautiful. <laughs> of course, the sheep as well, all around it and everything. Yeah, part yeah. of who we are. Well, listen, great to have you on and keep in touch. I will do it. And do a little bit of research now about St. Patrick. I will. I'll do it. Join together, we shall be.
Lies and deceit from traitors was surprising. You showed the way and gave us inspiration. The seeds are sown to once more be a nation. Ah, Alibaba, Cuba, Tokyo.